Every community has at least one. The local character who does not quite fit the mold. My girls and I enjoy seeing the cat guy around Skagit County. Has anyone seen him? He's got all these cats and he carries them in, on leashes on a cart. He has at least a dozen of them. It's fascinating. It's fun to see those kitties. At our old house, there was a man who was in his early 30s and he would wear large winter coats, whether it was 50 degrees outside or 85 degrees outside. He would also ride his bicycle, whether the tires were completely flat or not, and often would stand in one place staring. I knew that he lived with his parents around the corner, and so I started saying hi to him when I would see him and I was out running. It was a forced hello at first because when you're a woman and you're running by yourself on a deserted road and you come across a man in a dark hoodie with a, with a bike with flat tires, it's not any woman's ideal. But I began to greet him intentionally because he was my neighbor. He always greeted me in return with a soft, kind hello. When our tenants moved in, I made sure to tell them about him and that he was kind and a neighbor. Every community has at least one, the person that everyone knows about, but few have spoken to, the one whose behavior is outside of the societal norms enough to make them stand out, the one who is a neighbor, but all too often you only see them and judge and laugh and avoid, who no one takes time to learn their name, but instead reduces them to characteristics, cat man, coat guy. The people of the Gerasenes had, had a diff very distinctive local odd man out. He lived in a cemetery, and he didn't like clothes much. He spent time running around naked, which made him stand out. Sometimes different folk would tie him up with chains so that he would stop shocking the neighbors, but mostly they just ignored, judged, or laughed at him. My guess is that most of the local folk knew him as Naked Guy. It must have been disturbing that when Jesus came into town, he immediately engaged this outsider. After all, this guy was not the chosen ambassador for the community. He never would be. The only energy he was given was when someone finally got fed up with him and tied him up with chains again to try to keep him contained so that he didn't bother the normal folk. Normal. Jesus should have sought out the town leadership, right? He should have had a meeting with the local clergy. Jesus should have hosted the good, law-abiding, tax-paying, tithe-giving, social norms-following citizens. Why on earth would the first person he doled out a miracle to be naked guy? I believe that he spent time on his only healing in that community, right? Because after he was asked to leave on, on this man for a lot of reasons. But I believe the primary reason is that nobody is a nobody to God. Nobody is reduced to their oddest characteristics. No one is seen 
as anything other than a beloved child of God. The person with the most prestige and power in the world is not more important than the homeless person that no one knows. And you and I sitting in this comfortable sanctuary with stomachs full of a good breakfast are not more important than babies in cages on our borders. This is very easy to say. We like to say it as Christians, right? God loves everyone. It's very clear in Scripture, in Jesus' example. But if we were really to look at ourselves, we would have to acknowledge that very few of us live as though this were true. We give respect to the powerful. Oh, there's the mayor. There's someone sleeping on the street. Just walk by, kids. Don't, don't look. Just keep walking. We do it all the time. Our epistle beautifully calls out this human tendency in the letter to the believers in Galatia. It reads, All divisions are made null and void in the resurrection of Jesus. You may be different from one another, but your belonging to Jesus causes those differences to make you stronger to make you belong to each other, not set you apart. Stop trying to put yourselves above one another in all kinds of ways that do not matter. Nobody is a nobody to God. Further, relate to one another as if you are in the very presence of God at all times. Because you are. The kids and I went back behind the altar, and I'm so glad there was... There could have been a lot more kids, and I was a little nervous about that, particularly for the scandals that are up there. But everything went by went well. It was fine. But it's just a good reminder, right, that even though you can hide all kinds of things in your life, you are never outside of God's presence. Never. How would we treat others if we really had that fact in our hearts at all times. Another compelling thing to me about this healing in our gospel is the name of the demons. The demons recognize Jesus immediately, right? As a son of God. And and they immediately identified themselves as legion. And for those listening in that day, this was very significant. A legion meant only one thing to people in the first century. And um, it was a troop of 6,000 Roman soldiers. The community of the Gerasenes was occupied Roman territory, and they knew very well the damage that legion could do. Historians tell um, of a terrible battle in the Gerasenes where Romans responding to a Jewish rebellion killed a thousand young men, imprisoned their families, and burned the city. The tomb where the naked man lived was full of the bodies from that slaughter. Killed by the literal legion. Suddenly, Jesus is doing more than just reminding people that nobody is a nobody. But Jesus took the darkest chapter of that community's history, one which ended in defeat, a defeat that still ruled over them because they were still occupied by the Romans. He took that dark chapter and showed them how the healing power of God does not just liberate the individual soul, but liberates the captives, the oppressed, and the downtrodden. 
the holiness of God stands in opposition to corporate and political oppression. Jesus represents that hope and healing and restoration, but it has a cost. The legion of demons that occupied that man's mind and heart, making him miserable for so long, casting him out into the wild, making him a caricature in his community, begged Jesus not to throw them into the void. But to, and they had a great idea, right? They said, just throw us into that swine herd over there. So Jesus gave them their wish. It didn't turn out very well for the legion, however, as the swines ran into the ocean, drowning. The healing and social statement of liberation from the occupying powers were compelling. Jesus simply went too far by damaging the local economy. To put it simply, money was more important than freedom and healing. For this, Jesus was asked to leave. I don't have to tell you that money has a tremendous amount of power in our world. People will perpetuate the suffering of others as long as it's personally, financially beneficial to them. That is demonic. That is demonic. Time and time again, people choose things and money over the well-being of people. It is evil. It is not of God. And we, as people of God, must work to dismantle the demonic systems of oppression. But people aren't going to like it. Not one bit. The man who had formerly been trapped in the torment of the demons grasped, who had run around the town naked, who everybody kind of felt comfortable with that way, who had inhabited the cemetery full of dead young men, was not worth as much as a herd of pigs to his community. Sure, we can all talk about how we are all children of God. This is happy, this Galatians text, right? We belong to each other. There is no male or female, Gentile or Jew, gay or straight, poor or rich, rich, white or brown. But if it hits our pocketbooks... The Gerasenes community asked Jesus to leave. He had gone too far. It's one thing to heal somebody. It's another to destroy part of our local economy. It's uncomfortable. Jesus took time to heal the ostracized, the oddballs, and remind us that we belong to each other. That's convicting. Because if we belong to that man who now sits in his right mind, clothed next to Jesus, the one who we ignored, or worse yet, tied up in chains, the one who we saw coming and locked our doors, It's uncomfortable. 
And Jesus doesn't stop healing the individual, but continually challenges the patterns and structures of oppression that keep precious children of God down. Jesus goes too far. But all of this, all of this too far going, discomfort causing stuff, my siblings in Christ, is the good news. It's the good news for you, for me, for everybody. For unless it is good news for everyone, all the time, everywhere, it is not the good news of God. Embrace it without fear and without caveat. Shout it from the rooftops. Live like it means something to you. Jesus has come to set us free. Amen. Let's stand and sing.